Referral business is the best business. My name is Catalina and I run Modern Photo Booth Company and you're tuned into the Photo Booth Podcast where we talk all things photo booth business related. I've always said this and this is why as a business I focus on having clients that are planners. Planners have clients that come to them regularly and they just bring the clients to you. That way you're not actually looking for new clients year over year. Even during COVID, our relationship with our planner clients has stayed strong and has given us lots of opportunity. A couple of weeks ago, Photobooth Supply Co. had Virtual Booth Summit, which I had the pleasure of hosting. One of the panels was six different planners, and each came from a very different sector. We had experts from the virtual field, weddings, brand activations, the corporate world, experiential marketing, and they were all from Canada and the U.S., I was trying to host while taking notes at the same time because the information they were giving out was absolute gold. I'm not kidding. After my day wrapped up around 10 p.m., I sat down, I made a list of all the things I had to do the next morning, and I wrote a couple of emails and scheduled them to go out first thing in the morning. They got me so pumped for photo boothing again. Anyways, enough about me rambling. Let's get into the goods. Grab a pen and paper and let's get ready to take some notes. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around. I can see that a lot more people have joined now, so we know that this is going to be a really interesting one. I have six planners here that you will see, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves uh, one by one so we can learn about what industry they focus on. So, Sarah, if you can take it away for us. Uh, I am Sarah Zimmerman. I'm the VP of Production at NVE Experience Agency. We are an integrated marketing and experiencing agency based in Los Angeles, New York, and London, working across a variety of uh, corporate brands and a variety of industries. Perfect. And John, you're next. I'm John Chen, CEO of Geoteaming here in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I used to be an amazing team builder, but now it turns out I've been studying how people interact on technology. And so I've got a new book coming out, uh, Engaging Virtual Meetings. So... That's what I'm up to now. Perfect. Mahogany? Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Mahogany Jones, founder of Event Specialists. We're a corporate event management and production company based out of Toronto, Ontario, and super excited to, to be a part of the panel today. Thank you. Uh, Catherine, you're next. Hi. Hi everybody, I'm Catherine Leo, I'm based out here in Los Angeles, California. Um, I own CCL Weddings and Events. Um, I'm Modest Peach and I, we pretty much uh, work on uh, weddings and special events and also set production and design. Perfect. Heather? Hi, I'm Heather Sharp. I'm the event professional at Sherpa Group Events, management and production. We have been in the industry for close to 30 years, managing primarily business events, but we also do uh festivals, community events, nonprofits, fundraisers, media, pretty well anything, <laughs> Swiss army knife of events. Uh, and we've done a full pivot to virtual and hybrid events as well as digital marketing uh, based here out of uh, Vancouver, Canada. And Amanda. Hi everybody, I'm Amanda, CEO of Innovate Marketing Group. We're events and experiential marketing agency also based in Los Angeles. There's quite a few of us today. Um, it's definitely the hub for events. We are a corporate events agency. We do mainly corporate events. So some of our clients, you've probably heard of them from TikTok to Honda to City National Bank. 
Wow. We have a lot of experience in this room. I am pretty pumped to start asking you guys these questions because I am just as curious as everyone in this room. Uh, so I'm going to jump right into it. And obviously, our event industry has changed significantly and pretty much overnight. You know, we're all scrambling. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys about what you're seeing right now and what you're seeing for the next year, like 2021, in terms of events. And I'm just going to randomly... Um, pick people, I guess, and, and we'll kind of go from there. So Heather, how about you tell us about your experience of what you're seeing now and for next year? Well, it's very much a rolling uh, rolling projection here. I know back when uh, we started planning the year and everything that was happening as far as uh, events getting canceled and, and the, the global pandemic's effects on our industry, uh, we were very optimistic that we would be back in business this fall or uh, you know early Q1 of 21. Um, you know, I hate to say that the um, everything's taking longer than we thought and is getting uh, and is harder than we thought it would be. So I would tend to say um, the focus is definitely uh, going to be on uh, hybrid, smaller events that we're going to be figuring out a way to do this using technology and using creativity and engagement and a focus on content. Uh, you know, an engagement through the screen for for a good year. I hate to say it, but um, yeah, th that's what I see now. Is everybody's figuring out um, how to go how to go more intimate, how to go on smaller groups. Perfect, um, John. How about you? I know you do a lot of virtual right now. Well, I like that Heather said more intimate. That's that's like key selling point. Um, yeah, I see a lot of virtual and, uh, you know, Heather, we, we get to say this now a lot, I guess, post pandemic, I hate to say it. I almost want it to be this way for a little while because I've been trying to get people online and doing team building as other programs are online for 20 years and everyone's like, no, I'm gonna pay you cash for the face to face thing. Right? Yes. And, yeah. And but now in March, everybody's really interested. And so uh, we've seen virtually everything from uh, you know, meetings, conventions, conferences. I've helped a large client and made it successful. 200 people around the world, watch parties. The, the number of formats, like, I don't think there's been more innovation in the meetings industry probably in, in the last six or five months because we had to. And, and I think that's really the change that, that's going on there. I mean, even uh, today at five o'clock in a few minutes, uh, we're going to have goats. Yeah, I said it. Goats. We're actually having these world famous goats. <laughs> Thank you, Heather, for the heart. Um, they are. They used to do goat yoga with like uh, Reese Witherspoon and some of these other famous people. And now they called me and they're like, "Hey, how do we move this thing online?" So we're actually painting with a professional painter today at five o'clock uh, with goats. So I'm looking forward to the uh, virtual piece while it is here. I will add this one piece. I did do one person, one event in person. Uh, it was really great. It was twelve African American entrepreneurs here in Seattle. And they were pitching like in Shark Tank, but it's very um, uh, beneficial. And the, we all came together and, it, and I go, why do we want to meet him face to face? He goes, we want to equalize the technology because we're not sure what computer and setup everyone's going to have in their house. So we ran the safest protocol I could figure out because I'm not an epidemiologist. I will figure out what the safest is that I know now because I think there's still a lot that we don't know. So we had 17 people in a 200 person space. Oh right? All masks, all gloves, temperature checked on the way in, uh, one way through the microphone and sanitized the, the cleaner. And we have survived. It's been over 14 days. Nobody's gotten sick of that event. And so there are things you can do, but you, I feel like you got to do them right. Cause none of us want to be on a, the PR for like being that spreader event. No, definitely oh. not. <laughs> it's the worst, right? <laughs> Catherine, how about you? 
Um, well, it's funny because I actually thought we would be back in business by now. I, I was, when this first started back in like March, um, when we actually had the shutdown, I had a wedding that weekend. Um, and we were actually enforcing uh, COVID policies and rules at that wedding already. And I was like, there's no way we're going to be enforcing this that long. And let alone we're still here many months later. Um, but for us, I think, I mean, we had 45 events this year. We actually had to move 43 of them to 2021 and beyond. Um, and I think the hard thing for weddings is that, you know, there can only be so many weddings, so many venues. Um, so people are actually having a hard time. So all our, all our new clients who uh, were planning to get married next year actually are having a very difficult time finding venues right now. Um, there's barely any dates left. So uh, what we're actually seeing a lot is that people are actually willing to do virtual weddings now. Um, which is very interesting. So they're having, you know, private estates, private homes, they're finding places like Airbnbs, um, just to have maybe a, just a couple, the efficient, the parents, and maybe a couple of friends and family. Um, and they're trying to find ways to host everything online. Um, and then even ex experiential wise, um, we even have figured out ways that catering groups are preparing uh, meals that are um, boxed and ready. And then we're finding gopher groups to actually go out there and deliver all these food, like all the food to all the guests. So they're kind of still, um, I guess, you know, trying to enjoy the wedding as they would in person. Um, but for the most part, I mean, you know, we have, I have two weddings next month already coming up. Um, there are only 40 people. It, these were weddings that were 250 people, um, dropped down to 40. Um, I mean, you can only sit at tables now with the people that you came with and you're temp checked. It's very interesting, very new, but it's kind of the new norm right now. And I think we're probably going to be seeing this for at least, at least until we feel like. So that's kind of what we're experiencing. I hear lots of opportunity in everything you just said right now <laughs> for so many people. <laughs> uh, Mahogany, how about you? I have to say that this time has been a little bit of a gift. Um, we've been producing hybrid events since 2008. So for us, there, there wasn't really a shift or a pivot, as everybody's saying. Um, but the good news that I'm seeing is that we're bringing it back to curated experiences, like the micro event is coming back, the micro experience, and the giving us the opportunity to leverage the technology to do more versus letting the technology dictate what we want to put out there. So being able to have these fun curated experiences in person with an extension online allows us to go global. It allows for more sponsorship from a corporate perspective, and it allows us to meet in ways that we weren't necessarily doing before, but we had access to. So I don't want to say that it's all bleak. Um, I mean, I do suspect that we will be doing more hybrid for the next two or one or two years. Um, with the micro experience being sort of at the forefront. So, and Amanda, how about you? It's funny because prior to COVID, we were actually doing hybrid events and not a lot. I would say it's only for a handful of our corporate clients. But since COVID, you know, everybody pretty much transitioned to pivot and to virtual events and we had a lot of success. So now we're working on some of these 2021 and everybody's asking for hybrid. Right. So I feel like sometimes we end up having instead of planning one event and planning two events because we have to worry about the in-person experience and on top of it, the virtual experience. 
And for all of us in the industry, we know that's to the client. Sometimes they're just like, no, it's one event. And we have to explain like, no, because remember how it's two different audiences, you know, two, two squids, because you have to remember while you are engaging with the people live, you also have to engage with the people virtually, you know, and incorporating them. Um, but it's been interesting. I think it's time, kind of like what John was saying, you know, it's a challenging time for our industry, but it's also a great opportunity push people to be more creative, push all of us to really push the envelope a little bit more and just step up with the idea. All of our clients, they just want fresh ideas. You know, so our team is constantly coming up with new ideas because once we use it once, it's no longer fresh, right? Our next corporate client wants something new and they always want to be that first to do something really creative, really interesting. Um, actually this week, we're actually building a margarita kit you know, so really offering immersive experience is not just about the virtual event itself anymore, but it's like the pre-engagement as well. So, but it's pretty good. I'm glad to be surrounded by tequilas. <laughs> Amazing. And Sarah, uh, what's your experience right now? Yeah, I think very similar to a bit of what everyone has touched on. We too were doing hybrid events previously, but the hybrid factor, the virtual piece of it was far more um, more of a, of a broadcast of, of guests who were engaging at that level were being, um, were tuning in, but there wasn't much more of engagement beyond that. And now we have really been challenged to innovate and think about that entire guest experience, as Amanda was saying as well, all the way through from that pre-engagement to how, how are we getting guests to lean into the virtual experience and, and make it more than something that's just passive? And, and what's the takeaway? What's that call to action for them? How are we gonna get them to feel engaged and feel that sort of um, humanity that we get from a live event experience um, through the virtual one? But beyond, beyond that, and we're, we're certainly doing a lot of virtual right now, we're also seeing um, brands wanting to come to life in a few other ways, whether that is through social campaigns and extensions. We're doing a lot of really interactive uh, microsites right now and, and, and different kind of games that uh, brands are, are engaging their consumers with. And we're also starting now to do um, some more in-person. It's starting to happen. October is looking like a really busy month for us that we're really excited about and looking forward to a few different um, drive-in experiences, keeping guests inside their vehicles and safely distanced from anyone else, but creating experiences where guests um, can in engage with a brand live in person, just a little bit differently than they did a few months ago. So that's super interesting. We had someone on yesterday that actually specializes in drive-through photo booths. <laughs> so might have They're to put you guys in. in it's it, instead of the red carpet walk, it's the red carpet drives right now. So yeah, I haven't seen exactly. any event with that yet here in Seattle. Oh. I bet somebody's done it though. Oh yeah. There you go. Well, there's an idea for you. Drive through photo booth for your next event. Um, let's talk about budgets a little bit, because obviously that's a big question for a lot of people. You know, 2020's budgets, uh, we all know in the corporate world, if you don't spend it, you don't get it the next year. So what are you guys seeing in terms of your clients' uh, budgets for 2020 for virtual stuff? And what are you seeing for 2021, since we know that this virus, while been, has been great for some companies, has been awful for others? Um, if anyone wants to take this one please be my guest. 
Well, I, I can step in if, if you like, Helena. Um, what has been really interesting is the education of our guests and our clients specifically about the cost of virtual and, and the, the support and technology and staffing and everything that needs to come uh, is very, very much the same, if not in some cases more than what a, a live event would be. And a lot of people have this um, misunderstanding of, oh, it's just a Zoom call. I have an account for free. This shouldn't be a problem. You know, we can do this for nothing, right? Right? And it's not that. I mean, a Zoom call is not a live event. A uh, live event has so many more moving parts and so much more technology, so many more roles to be filled, if not just as many, if not more. Uh, and certainly in the conversations I'm having with AV partners that are, are coming in with um, like robust budgets and quotes for the AV required for a, a, a an online, a virtual or hybrid event, um, they're getting all kinds of pushback too because people are going, well, why, why is this so expensive? Well, imagine everything your live event needed, you know, except for maybe the stage is still needed. Cameras, lighting, audio connection, switchers, all those things are still needed um, other than just, you know, and in some cases, if you have a virtual studio, you need the stage and all that as well. So don't be expecting that your event budgets are going to be lower because it's a virtual or hybrid event. In some cases, it's going to be twice as much because we, you know, as we were talking about having two run of shows, two sets of entertainment, like two scripts, everything um, is, is, it's more involved for sure. So budgets have to be just where they were and if not higher, and, and not all companies are in a financial position to do that because they've lost business or lost customers because of, of the economic uh, slowdown. So it's a challenge dealing with budgets generally. Yeah, Heather, can always, we always the case. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'd love to add to that. Um, also from a, a, a production standpoint, when I look at budgets for virtual events and hybrid events, I, want, I like to work with my clients so that we can keep or maintain the budget to be the same, but rework where your focus is. I like to say that when we go to a virtual space or a hybrid space that we're able to reimagine the experience. So we can take the elements of our budget and put it towards our, our new core focus. It's allowing us to either focus more on content delivery, on broadcast quality, on production, on lighting if that really becomes your focus and entertainment you, yeah and then that's where you shift your budget instead of saying you know we're not going to spend 120,000 on food and beverage where can we adjust that money and where can we add more value to the attendees so that we're still making good use of our budgets I mean we don't want to be frivolous and waste money during this time but at the same token we want to be able to put that to good use so don't be afraid to shift your budgets to make it work for you. I would say similar to Mahogany, we also try to shift the budget. Um, there's definitely a lot of education, you know, so kind of Heather, and I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing this, it's kind of like, well, why do I need five people on the day up? Couldn't you just click all the buttons? Like, why do you need a whole team? Um, and then we have to explain, you have one person on the platform, you have someone engaging on the chat, you need someone speaker, because now all the speakers are not here, they're all at their home, right? And then there's speakers that have internet connection, there's speakers that don't remember what time they're supposed to log on or how to log on. Um, there's so many things, right? So it's kind of like going through that education and say, hey, you actually do need this many people in order to have a really great 
experience for the user. And at the end of the day, we always look at what's the user experience that you want out of this. And I would say in the beginning, back in April, we pivoted one event, a thousand people event to virtual within three weeks. You know, people were a lot more forgiving back then. Now they're requiring, you know, they want to see higher production value. People are getting Zoom fatigues. Like, do I really want to watch this? Do I want to participate? So think about that. <laughs> John came with some props. <laughs> Zoom bomb. That's Zoom fire. Uh, Amanda, I'm going to jump on that too, which is uh, when we meet, especially like for conferences, I think there's still these two key goals, which is network and education. And networking is somebody, somebody else is going, you know, what is changing? What's lost utilizing in hybrid and, and, and uh, virtual events? The networking is totally different. We're so used to being in the face and like all that extra time around the meetings turns out to be the really valuable time uh, for networkers like me. I think that's gone and you have to figure out how to recreate those things. And on the education side, I'm just sort of, just like Amanda said, all this budget that was being spent, and I love all you partners, right? Airlines, your food and beverage, the hotels. I love y'all, but you guys were a big part of that budget in the meeting. And I'm a member of the National Speakers Association on the education side. And we'd always like fight for this small little thing here. Now that budget might be moving around other places. And you should seriously think about who are your educators and how are you networking uh, you know, what technologies are you using for that? Because in the educators, you really now want educators who are strong here. Like some of your educators were great face-to-face, -face, right? Live, theatrical, but only some of them have pivoted really well to this. And I, I thought Bob Behan, VP of uh, Virtual Experience at Microsoft said it best, is like, stop thinking theatrically and start thinking, thinking cinematically. And, and you, you have the photo booth group. You have here, you have like one of the greatest groups who are thinking already like this, and they already did too. They're, they're like goat photo booths, that's the thing. 2020, goat photo booths. <laughs> I mean, oh, I would love to You know, programming for a box like the filmmakers would be. And that's, that's that John's right on. There's so many speakers that are great in very huge dramatic ways. But when you bring it into a box, um, it's very different, as well as the impact, though. Like, you can't say, you know, we're all in a box, we have to make small. That personal connection of looking somebody in the eyes and their face is filling your screen has a much more impactful experience to it than somebody's like 100 feet away on the other side of the ballroom. So take advantage of that. I would also add to that, Heather, that the, the reach, right? We're not yes. limited to the number of people who are in person attending the event. We're suddenly able to speak to a global audience like we are today, everybody having the same experience at the same time. And so I think that's a factor that is so important to consider when thinking through programming and who is going to be your representative um, for these virtual events. It's it's that global factor is, is incredibly important to consider. And the sensitivity of, and the training of the speakers for such things to, to remember that you're not just speaking to people within your country, that you have to have an international focus and sensitivity and, and diversity and, and all those sort of things are factored in. It's, it's a complicated thing. I'll, I'll give this too. If you're looking for entertainment or speakers or other things too, you're looking for speakers who now have that ability to look at everything, right? So like this, right? 
Uh, Alberte said, thanks for the great feedback. If anything, I'll be taking away gro uh, goat photo booths. Brandon says, how do you pitch virtual booths you know, to the help attendees network? Do you have a speaker who can actually monitor six or seven screens? That's a skill I've been working on for 35 years. And you need to ask, like somebody asked me, like, what are you asking for your networking and your educators? And that's definitely one of them. Are they paying attention? There's no way other for these 223 people to feel engaged online unless somebody's watching with them. And when I'm looking down, it's not I'm not paying attention to you. I'm chatting to your audience, Catalina, because I like these people. They're fun. I know. I can see you. I can see your chats coming up here, too. And just to give you guys an idea, like virtual booth summit right now, like I look like I'm in a room by myself, but I actually have Jamie here who's helping with moderation. There's about four people on chat on the YouTube live on Facebook, on the website. We have uh, Nate, who's the producer, you know, we have Brandon here as well. And there's all the other staff from Photo Booth Supply Co too, that literally all hands on deck right now because we're all in different locations and doing this virtually. So it's definitely a, a huge undertaking in doing these virtual events and making sure that people get engaged with all this. So I'm gonna ask a photo booth related question. Actually, before I go on, Catherine, did you wanna add anything or are you good? Um, yeah, actually, I mean, it's a little different because I guess, you know, a lot of my clients, um, it's not corporate, it is personal, um, you know, uh, private events. Uh, so a lot of times with uh, with weddings, actually, people look at every single cent that's being used because it's coming out of their own pockets. Uh, but the surprising thing that I've noticed is that, you know, for me, at least a lot of times um, people, you know, would say, things that I think are, are of quality that might just be an extra $10 or $100 because they think it's already over budget. But surprisingly right now, um, as we are working on weddings with virtual aspects of it, because it's something so new to the wedding industry in terms of like people never think, of course, they would rather have 500 people at their wedding versus you know, only 10, 20 people and then the other how many hundred uh, virtually. But because it's so new to them, they're they don't they actually don't know how much things cost necessarily and because of that they're just willing to spend the money which is actually really shocking to me that you know i have clients who are spending the same amount of money for a 300 person wedding on a 40 person wedding because they're wow. just thinking well you know we want to get married we want to be able to have our friends there so we're just going to do whatever it takes and hopefully recuperate the money later on in life um, which is very, very off for me to see. Normally it's not like that, but that's how things are. I think it's kind of like, you know, let's just, let's worry about today and then worry, or worry about today um, now and then, you know, tomorrow will come somehow. So it's kind of interesting to see that, but that's kind of what I'm seeing in terms of budgets. I love hearing that. <laughs> um, so in terms of uh, photo booths, how many of you guys here know what a virtual photo booth is? Use one today. Um, uh, Okay, well, just now, because <laughs> I saw you taking pictures. <laughs> uh, and how Hello, many everyone. of you have actually uh, used them at your events in the past? Got a couple. Perfect. So, um, you know, we have a lot of our owners who, of course, this is new to the photo booth world too. Everyone went from hardware like this that we would, you know, go to events with going virtual. And of course, people have struggled with also communicating this to their planners or clients, that kind of thing. Is there any, um, I guess, what was your experience when you first encountered a virtual booth or looking for that service? You know, what was it that uh, someone told you, I guess, to really help you grasp it and understand it and make it of value to you? Like, what is it that is going to make you, uh, you see the value in a virtual booth for your event? Uh, and maybe we'll um, start with uh, Mahogany this time. Sure. For us, it was looking for activations that can happen. And it was pitched to us almost as a virtual photographer. 
So send your photographer to the event and we will capture it for you. And then the slideshow and things like that. So it became a really cool way for us to get the attendees engaged and taking pictures, but then for also for us to get a reel of the event and be able to use it in the, in the recap for the day. And I just, Amanda, how about you? <laughs> Good. We like hearing that. Uh, it was also pitched to us. You know, I think um, there's some company that pivoted really fast, but I can tell it was evolving over time. They get better and better at their pitch and then what they deliver. Cause a lot of times the vendors pitch us, we still have to pitch it to the client. Right, so the ones that call our attention are the one that have a very clear deck of what the offering is, and they actually do a quick demo with us because it's so new. And for a lot of clients, they can't envision it. So if you have like a video that really helped, we were originally looking into one because we were doing an influencer event. So these hundred people who are the influencer, they get to meet this big superstar. So the client kind of came and then we wanted the branding so the digital kind of virtual experience we wanted was one that could provide us with the branding, just like on site, when we have real life events, you have all the branding, the date, the events, you know, maybe a QR code that leads to the, you know, the site that they want these influencers to go afterwards. But those are the ones, and then the ones that came with um, a lot of creativity that show us what's possible, you know, cause then we in turn could take that and share that with our clients. So that's where I see most success. Perfect. Uh, anyone else want to jump in on that one? Sean, go ahead. All right, you ready? Smile. Three, two, <laughs> one. Okay. Why do we take pictures at events anyways? It's around these memories and it's around connecting, right? I know there's multiple events that I jumped in the photo booth with somebody I kind of knew and, and an hour later, right? We're, I've actually known this person or later on we've actually collaborated. And so that's what you have to, I think photo booths have to remember is that, uh, and, and people more now more than ever, they're starving to be connected. We're humans. We connect. We're all missing out. And if you can fulfill that role somehow, you have something. And I mean, and the best part now is like you had to use to transport all these iPads and technology and lighting and stuff. And now it's all in everybody's home. So now if you can find a way to make that happen, because I don't, I, I have not yet seen a good demo. I'm sure now I'm going to get a hundred requests, John Chan. Yeah. Uh, of demo of like getting multiple pictures from different places. And then like, this is kind of not, I mean, I'm looking at seven people. That's not really the photo booth experience, you know, and we, we do some in our team building events that is like that, but then the ability to, you know, imprint over it or put other things or, or uh, to, to add the effects like a GIF or some other things like that. That's what you do. And I, I think that's more important than ever because um, I, I had, I have a great trainer friend in Taiwan and he just said, he said, imagine this. He goes, what if 2020 was your best year ever? <laughs> Isn't that kind of hard to think about? Like, you know, we're all still like, I'm just trying to figure out how to get through it. And we said, what if it was your best year ever? And so what if we look back at these memories that we took from 2020 and one of them was from a photo booth and going, remember that? Remember this day, remember this time and that we still found a way to be together and I'm still doing business with this person. And I think that's what photo booths need to look at. And, and I, you have all the technology here. Now you just gotta be, how can I be that conduit to that connection? Well, I think if I may, John, just add to that, it's one thing to get the picture. It's the, I think the next level is to go, now what do I do with it? 
and how can I use it? Like, is it is it a, is it being used for social media? Is it being used to to have the FOMO? Is it like I was here and you weren't? Look at me and John. We were hanging out and it was fun and you should have been there. Does that build um, you know future registrations or is it building a brand? Is it built like it's great to have the photos, but it but for me anyway, my experience is if it's just sitting on my uh, you know, in my documents and my Google Drive or something, that's awesome. But it's got to have a life after it's been taken. And that's where like when, with um, what you were saying about creating the the sizzle reels after after with them or um, or there's now like there's the montages, the um, mosaics that you can make uh, that become, you know, like an overall memory. It's like, OK, now we have the pictures. I challenge the people that are part of this event to come to us with but now what? What's next? What's the evolution past taking the photos that we can use it to satisfy our clients' objectives, whatever they might be? All right, Heather, I just heard an idea. It just came to me. So maybe <laughs> this is the right one. Because I've been using Facebook Live with many of the groups. So I, again, I told you earlier that I did an in-person meeting. We use okay. Facebook Live. 150 people normally come to this. But because we use Facebook Live, this thing has now been viewed by 12,000 people because it was shared. What yeah. if there was a photo booth that like used Facebook Live and then, you know, had some amazing ability to share? Some company was willing to pay for that, I'm pretty sure, because yeah. that I have not seen that yet either. That's a, there's so much great information in there. I can't even tell you. I'm like taking notes. <laughs> I, I'm going to give a um, shout out to Aussie Nation for the best emoji quote in, on uh, YouTube. That was a sick, whatever that's it. There's like 50,000 emojis in this chat. <laughs> Awesome. I wish I could actually see them all. Oh, I'm like going in between all of these chats right now. Um, so someone had a question actually that I think I'm going to jump up. No, I was going to wait to do questions at the end, but this one's actually really good. They would like to know how can a photo booth owner help you pitch to your clients? I see a lot of heads nodding. <laughs> uh -huh. say, to me, the best one is when they, I actually partner with a couple different companies right now who offer virtual photo booths, but they work with me to make sure that it's showcased for the client. So it's already set up with a nice um, background graphic that has the potential client's logo on it. And then they, again, show it, showing us what's possible, but, but not being afraid to go into the pitch with, with the planners. Yeah. Yeah, and and I would say willing to collaborate, right? To to sit down and and talk through what the objectives are for a client, what is the story we're trying to tell, and come up with really creative, innovative ways of of taking the virtual photo booth kind of to the next level. That's how photo booths were before they were virtual, right? Everybody wanted the next thing. What is the next thing? So it's it's coming up with those interesting ways and collaborating together and and be willing um, to kind of get your hands dirty before the sale is made. Agreed. I would second what Mahogany said, because our clients are so visual. They don't want just like picture in their head. They want to see it, right? Yeah. So like if it's for TikTok, they want to already see the branding, already see background option. You know, so I think initially one of our proposals, we didn't have that. Instead, we just show them other examples. And I can, I can tell you the ones that show the real branding actually got more success rates. And I am right now, we are looking for one that could actually have more than one person in the same image. So if any of you photo booth vendor out there that you could get two people in one, I'm not asking for three, just two, uh, let me know, reach out to me, you know, cause we would, we would 
probably use you guys. And, and for me, that's great. For me, I think it's around listening to the client's needs and goals. Again, the, the needs these, the clients are saying, or our, our, our people or our, our clients are disconnected. They're looking for connecting. Uh, you know, a photo booth in breakout rooms, right, in a more intimate setting is also a good thing. And, and we actually run a lot of photo scavenger hunts. And it's around the same principle, too. It's, it's getting people to do something different in that photo booth. A photo booth gives you total permission to do virtually anything, right? And we need that. We need some levity. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to tell them, if you can make people forget about the world for an hour, I think you also have something else. I think Photobus uh, can do that and, and remind you that you can still have fun, right? We can still be connected and that, uh, yeah, and, and that, that's part of a, a critical meeting, part of that strategic piece of getting work done, but also making sure that our people are mentally well. And, and actually, maybe that's a key piece right? Nobody's thinking about it. You want to sell something to sell to find the, the key to sell to something, get all your mental health research right now. You know, how much, is, if you can get people to laugh for an hour, that is a huge win right now. And um, I've been telling meeting planners since February, like you got to watch out, right? Because this is like the most stressful, difficult time. But if you can, again, help people, I think we get back to, to what we're great as, as planners, which is helping people achieve their goals and, uh, and be great. Um, Catherine, I'd love to hear from you about this because weddings are definitely a completely different ball game when it comes to anything, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, honestly, there, there's a lot of companies um, that are competing, I feel like, for photo booths here in Los Angeles, you know, for weddings. And, um, you know, it's really about standing out and actually listening to kind of what everybody's kind of saying you know, normally the way that most of my clients are finding photo booths, it's because they experienced a really unique one at another event that actually has never been done. The uniqueness, I think, of a photo booth these days are, you know, what people are looking for. They want the next best thing. They want to be unique and have something at their wedding that people are going to remember. Um, and obviously be able to somehow also customize it themselves. The hard thing I think about these days is that, you know, they're not going to be experiencing photo booths as much because of weddings. So as people are booking next year, I think a really good way for me that actually I've been um, showing people um, different photo booths, actually, you know, people's Instagrams. So I think having short clips um, of showing what the photo booth can do, the unique, uniqueness of it, and obviously, you know, what can be done that's going to be different for them. Um, you know, virtual booths actually have not been something that weddings have done yet, I think, but I do have clients who are actually reached out to me about that for next year. Um, so it's not something that's been done, but I want to see actually how it can be, you know, incorporated for weddings because we haven't seen it. But the only way they're going to be able to see it is if we see videos of it um, and real couples and, you know, weddings that actually are people are going into it. Because I think a, co a corporate aspect of it, is, it's very different, I feel like, for weddings. It's like weddings, they see emotional sense to it. They want to see some tie to it um, that they're going to, you know, have, you know, their guests, you know, have that same experience without having to actually be there in the booth all the time. Catalina, I want to give you a compliment yeah. too. Speaking of which, right? Uh, compliment to your video editors. Everyone is visual. <laughs> the mm -hmm. video editing on this uh, this conference has been amazing. So, and and that's the, this one of the secrets is that did you know that eighty percent of the data that's going to be transmitted across the internet next year will be video? Nate, applause for Nate right there. <laughs> He did a great job. I can take zero credit for that. Um, <laughs> it takes a team. Uh, 
Well, I, did, I did put the camera on straight and I positioned myself, so we're here. Um, I'm going to jump into some questions if you guys are good with that, because we're about 20 minutes out here and I feel like we could talk all night. Um, in terms of, let me see, which one do I want to go here? Okay. Let's go COVID world right now where we can't really network. We can't do live events. Um, you know, in the past, that's where we as photo booth owners have gone to go and meet planners and kind of get that one-on-one. -on -one. How, how can you um, now as a vendor network with a planner and get that FaceTime? We actually have been very proactive in connecting with a lot of different types of vendors during this time, particular, particularly any vendors that can share new technology with us. Um, I would really encourage uh, vendors to reach out to the planners that they're interested in talking to with these materials, these sales materials that we just spent time talking about, right? But that's a bit more comprehensive where you've got really good examples of what this can look like, where, where whoever's receiving that email will be able to get a really good idea very quickly of what you're able to offer. And then on my end, I want to be able to share that with my team quickly. So as much as you can snapshot that information in a way that's digestible, I'll share that along. And I would also recommend asking if, if it's possible to do sort of what we call at our agency virtual lunch and learns. It used to be that we would bring vendors in for a lunch once a week and they would present to us in person with the entire agent, the entire team, anyone who could join. Now we do them virtually and, and anybody who can, who's interested in the product dials in. We have a conversation just like this and it gives everybody the opportunity to get the FaceTime um, virtually, if not actually in person, but it works just as well. May I also suggest um, that uh, as event planners, um, we are networking as much as we can with each other, sharing, uh, you know, best tips and tricks and commiserating and that sort of idea. There's all kinds of events, uh, training webinars and such that are being put on for event planners. Um, you know, Liz King did an, did an amazing one. There's lots of other really great ones that are happening uh, through the associations, ILEA, MPI, and those sort of things. Maybe step up as a sponsor or a partner to the organizers of those events and say, look, we'll provide this service for your event uh, for free because it's a demo to our target market, the event planners. And we see it in action and we see it working on us because uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm getting so many LinkedIn requests and email requests from everybody who, who knows I'm an event planner and just wants me to buy their product from all over the world. Um, and unless I have a, a particular need for that service or, you know, it's something new or different or, or pitched to me in a, in a unique and, and awesome way, it's kind of in the in you know in the rolodex of things to check out, but it's not high priority. But if you go where I am, where the, which is right now in all this sort of networking with my my fellow uh, event professionals, and you're there showing you support our industry, and show show me what you can do, that'll have more effect than just telling me in an email or or mailing me something. Okay, Cat Catalina, mm -hmm. have you ever heard of the term supplanner? No. <laughs> no? What's that? No. Anybody, anybody heard of Supplanner? Anyone? Nobody? 
Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. You, you uh, just made it up, right? <laughs> no, people at Spin taught me, right? And they said it's a, because I'm really technically, I was classified as a supplier for team building before COVID. But, uh, and I was, I had okay planning skills, but because of, of COVID, like the planning skills, the technical needs and planning skills has gone so high. I'm actually really a good planner now because <laughs> I've been using all these technologies and understand what's going on with them. And so uh, I got called by, by a person and they said, we're taking our conference virtual and they have, they were going to go virtual in 12 weeks or, or less. And so uh, they were going to choose a platform and I'll try and tell a small version of the story. They had somebody else that was going to sell them. Uh, basically it was a website and a connection to zoom, but it was like for a lot of money, like more than Bizabo, Right. And like that and that for people that's a lot right <laughs> and so we he got me in as a consultant and i actually helped him guide him to a platform but this gave me an experience it's been a while since i got to be the client and i contacted 20 to 30 platforms and by the way i'm about to publish it it's on my website geotimmy.com about the experience that i had with that and let me tell you pricing models are all over the place there's like it, it, it's basically it depends it's like if you had a 12 person meeting or if you have a 500 person meeting, everything is totally different uh, in their pricing models. And so uh, I got a reaction to that, but I'll, I'll give you, here's two keys for great things. Number one is, geez, answer the phone, right? Which is I got, I put in requests for like a lot of places and probably out of 25 never got back to me. They got to me like eight weeks later, client already made the decision. It's too late, right? And then the, the other ones though is, is back to something I think we all know in this, this industry, your relationships. It turned out that we end up doing a deal because I know the CEO for this company, he's here in Seattle. Uh, he needed to do something different for this deal, but because I knew him and he knew where I was coming from, he actually accepted that and, and he got a new client out of it. And so I'm happy to say that, but uh, it was a very interesting set of research uh, about being you know, a planner in this industry and talking to our vendors. It, vendors, it, it, uh, for photo booth people on here, think about that word, supplanner. And what that means is you are supplying but think again now as a planner, because if you can help your clients, which you have a lot, bring solutions such as other planners or other platforms or other people that you already know that you've, you've had relationship with, I think you can become very strategic, right? As opposed to a transaction sale. I'd love to add too, in that don't be shy to reach out. And I say reach out in a genuine way, because if I get one more email that literally says, buy this product, here's a link to my calendar. It does, it, to, to me, I actually literally, well, okay, I did start responding to say no, thank you. But normally, I would just literally leave it. But if you reach out and say, I notice you're an event planner, I offer this service, let's chat. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'd be happy to connect with other people because we're all in the industry together. All of us do events, whether it's corporate association or wedding, it's an industry that we're all a part of that we can support each other and network together. But if you're literally just sending a sales pitch, then you're most likely going to get to the bottom of the pile versus if you reach out. I mean, I've met probably, I've actually met probably five different photo booth companies in the last month. Um, as well as the thousands of platforms that are coming out, but they've reached out in a different way. They've reached out to say, hi, how are you doing? This is what we're doing. How are you doing? And how are you reaching your clients? Is there something that we can work together on? So you can also share ideas too on how to get that, get work, whether it's through each other or whether it's through our networks. So 
I, I agree a hundred percent. I think that personalization and like building a, a relationship is a hundred percent key in getting a return. Do not spam an entire agency with the same email. <laughs> it doesn't work in your favor. We all see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blocked by everyone. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Amanda and Catherine, I'd love to hear from you guys too. I, I like what Heather said too, because, you know, go where we are at, right? So a lot of us belong to different planner associations, do a demo, because then if we experience it, we like it, we'll book you. And I definitely, during this time, there are various vendors. We're also just kind of like what Sarah said, we're also very proactive because we are reaching out to tell them like, hey, if you have something new and that offers a virtual solution or that could add value at entertainment, please let us know. Right? Because in turn, we're adding that value for our client. So I think that differentiator right away, you should let us know versus like, I'm just another photo booth company. Tell us why you're different, why you're that much better than the email that I just received an hour ago from another virtual booth company, you know, uh, but the showcase I love because it's really uh, show us. And a lot of times the ones that we actually open are the ones that already include a demo. Don't make us ask, just provide it. Provide the examples. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me, the past couple of months, um, a lot of the a lot of vendors actually have reached out. Funny enough, and I, um, I mean, just to be honest, the ones that send me an email with like a five paragraph email explaining what their service is, I probably don't get past the first two sentences. Um, so I, I think for it, it seems a little impersonal, and you could tell it's also copy and pasted too. And I understand it's a lot of information to kind of digest and um, explain to people. But I think the companies I really have noticed um, and actually looked into are the ones who reached out, whether it might be like, um, you know, comment first, you know, a private message through Instagram or an email that kind of just uh, is short and just said, you know, I love your work. Um, I'd love to see how we can collaborate together, uh, what kind of clientele you have and what you're good at looking for. And there's, and I'm, I'm still old fashioned. I love snail mail. Um, the, the postal service needs help. So uh, a lot of people actually have been sending us different ways of like how their printouts are, their uniqueness of service. And those are the ones actually I'm really looking at the most because you know, we're not, we're physically not seeing people. We're not seeing as much tangible stuff. So having snail mail, um, a nice personal written letter, it, it's, it's lovely and it's great. And it's nice to see that. Um, so those are the ones actually truthfully that I've been looking into the most and the ones that I'm probably, you know, I actually have my eye on to work with once, you know, things kind of open up more a little for photo booths and for events. So, um, I think for weddings itself, again, we're an emotional industry. We love to, we love to see, you know, handwritten things and little, little notes everywhere. So I think reaching out personally and then sending snail mail is always a great way. Yeah. I would also add it, once you have a response from the producer or planner that you've reached out to and, and you are lucky to get that time set up to have a further conversation, make sure you are ready for that conversation. Make sure you've prepared for it. Make sure you have your materials ready and that you um, can really maximize the time that you get. I think it's it's tough for, for planners and producers who have so many different, um, you know, vendors that they're talking to that when we get on a call and, and the person is not ready to really demonstrate to us what they can bring to the table, it's, 
it's frustrating and it doesn't leave a very good impression. So just, just think ahead about what you want the agenda of your call to be and what you're going to be demonstrating on that um, during that conversation. And also feel free to leverage uh, social media. You know, mm -hmm. there's on this badge, they actually have a group just for planners. So market there, tell us why you're awesome. And it's not just one planner seeing it, it's a bunch of planners seeing it. So you're actually, and if someone's interested, now you could pin them and mesh message them separately, but you, you'll probably get more traction that way. Yeah, Amanda, there's a lot of places who are doing these promotional Fridays because everyone knows businesses are hurting. And so they're relaxing the no promotions piece for a day or for a post. And I think that's a really important, useful thing where they can use that platform to do so. I think the other thing is to think is to give, right? If you give in a piece of email, like saying, let me just give you a little tip for something, right? Let me give you something to think about that is helpful. I think those emails go longer, especially if they teach me something I don't know. I'm like, okay, you got me. I'm going to finish reading. Um, and the other thing that we've done that's been really successful, we actually host a whole set of free classes every Wednesday. There's three to four classes every Wednesday that we're just, it's just free. We're giving this away. It was our way to say, this is our gift back for combating coronavirus, which was helping virtual meetings be better. If you're all photo booth people, think about a day. Do one day, you know, two hours or something, turn on your photo booth or whatever it is that you have, turn it on for free and see how, how much craziness, funness you could create. That alone is some of the best marketing you're ever going to do. Good idea. Literally feverishly taking notes for everything. And tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's Saturday. Damn it. Monday, I'll have to tell my staff all of this. <laughs> I'm going to watch um, this video does anyone, <laughs> does anyone else have uh, anything they want to add to that or... It's good that there's lots of great information. Thank you so much for sharing that. I will also just share, um, Kalina, just one more. Sorry. Yeah. Also, if no, you're local, be right? Because right now there's a lot of promotion around shopping local, supporting small business. Feel free to mention that, right? Like, hey, Amanda, I'm also based in Los Angeles. I'm also in, you know, we're small business because we actually are looking at that, you know, and some of our clients do ask us like, you know, what are are they based in Los Angeles? Not, you know, it just depends what it is, right? So we love to support local when we can, because, yeah. That's great. Um, I love that as well, making sure that you say like from, and then the city, you know, that you're in is definitely going to help connect because then, you know, live events are going to come back eventually and you want to continue using that same uh, contact, right? If there's somewhere else, you might not be able to, and that just would be unfortunate afterwards, especially once you've built that relationship, which kind of leads me to my next question in terms of this hybrid event. Um, and so 2021, you guys are seeing a lot of in-person and a lot of virtual. And I know for the weddings, especially, there's a lot of travel restrictions happening and people are still having their weddings, but their original guest list can't come, especially for retreats and that kind of stuff, the larger corporate stuff. You know, if, if it's uh, in Canada, at least like you, you can't really come here. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I had to throw in a sorry. Um, so having that ability to merge the two, how important is that to have the ability to merge the in-person experience with the virtual and perhaps, you know, whether that's a complete live gallery or um, having all of those images streaming into one location type of thing? Mahogany, I see you nodding your head, so I'm going to call you on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, I say I like to mirror, I like to marry the two live and online, just so that it's a true hybrid. And 
the best example to give is a sporting event. So if you're at the actual sporting event or you're one of the 10 fans <laughs> in the location, you're there, you're experiencing it, you're hearing the announcer and the online audience should also hear and feel the same. So they should also have access to everything that is happening. I mean, there is also nothing wrong with having sort of a VIP level experience and having something that's a little bit more either fun or different for the in-person. If you're able to have, um, which you should be, so smaller locations to have less than 50 people, why not have a fun photo booth for them? And then a virtual something for them online so that there is something for both, a little something extra for one versus the other. I mean, the swag that gets thrown in the game only gets thrown in the game, but you might get lucky and want to draw online and get one of the extra backgrounds. So, I mean, playing with that to um, playing with sporting events as an example, I think is a great way to, to look at it. You might know if I follow. Oh, go I ahead, Sarah. Yes. I was just going to say, I think there is value about mer in, in merging the experiences as well. And that can be something as simple as a, a call to action to, to post using the same hashtag and using a hashtag aggregator to bring both the, the virtual guest experience and the in-person guest experience together. Um, and it just kind of brings everybody, makes it makes everyone feel as if they're a part of the same event. Yeah. I think it kind of, um, I was explaining earlier about how, um, you know, we have weddings that are doing virtual and also live um, in terms of actual giving the guest experience the same level. So, I, I mean, people are willing to spend the money on, you know, making sure that the, even though their guests can't be there um, in person, that they're still going to get everything that the guests who are there. I mean, it's obviously going to be very different by being, you know, making sure that they feel like they're connected, they're there. Um, like I mentioned to you guys, the gopher service and the food, like my clients are, you know, they're spending, you know, $100 just to get food that's at the wedding to the actual guest um, around as long as they live in the same vicinity. And even my other clients who um, their guests might not live in actual area, they're um, finding like local sources out there to still give them the same overall experience at a level. So I think overall, like, you know, people or clients in general, they, they just want to make sure their guests have that same um, experience that they're going to be getting if, as if they're there at a wedding or a real event. Um, and they're willing to spend the money on it. So it's important. It's very important. It's something that we're going to be seeing continuously for the next year. So I think it's just about building it up and continuously knowing how to implement it into all the events happening yeah I, I've, I have to thank a lot of the, the the hybrid pioneers in the past these were people who started live casting and using social media at meetings 10 and 15 years ago you know event camp uh, green meetings industry council many of these people pioneered some of these techniques and, and it really comes down to one of the most important things for me and that's engagement doesn't matter which way I showed up to your program event conference you got to engage me. And what they saw in the early days was when they didn't have monitors or virtual media hosts or anything like that. That's when they lost people. When they when somebody was online but was having a different experience that you're in the past, you're like, you're chatting, you know, back or you're tweeting back and you're going, can't hear you, can't see the mic, Catalina, what's, what are you doing, right? Or your, your mic's broke, your camera's out. So, and people weren't replying to that. And so this is where all these uh, practices developed. So if you want to make hybrid, great. Think about first, of course, attending to your face-to-face -face people, but then think, how are you gonna attend to them 
Uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, Tara Lashanko is one of the top MPI uh, chapter meeting facilitators. And she said one of her greatest tips for hybrid is they had the, the people all in, in person, you know, six feet away distance, but they she, she made sure there was a microphone at every table so that the person who called in can hear every single person. And that was something she said helped board retreats make decisions during these uh, critical critical meetings. I'm gonna give this other shout out to the MBA. If you haven't seen the MBA's audience using the crazy versions of MBA Teams, or I'm sorry, Microsoft Teams, uh, having uh, the together mode and having 300 plus fans in the audience, uh, I think that's some of the coolest, unique, most uh, uh, engaging stuff I've seen so far. And it's that sound of the of the crowd noise, the feeling like you're being surrounded by people. Um, and another, and like you, you mentioned the NBA, John, which is doing really well. Another one, and if you're a reality TV uh, fan, uh, AGT is doing a great job with a similar sort of setup where the all the audience is in a big LED wraparound and they are interacting. You can see them clapping. You can hear the applause. You can hear their laughter if it's a comedian on stage and things like that to help feel, uh, translate the, the, the reality, the noise, the environment, the networking across across the screen divide and blur that. I think it's important. Yeah, I would say focus on the connectivity, right? At the end of the day, that's what we're looking for. And the live event, I, I can honestly say I rarely throw away a photo booth printout, but when it's digital, I'm not gonna print it out myself. I may post it on Facebook or one of the social media channel, but you know, especially during COVID, I have so much time to organize. <laughs> I actually, you know, pulled out all the, I mean, there's some that's like data so far back, right? Back when I was like really skinny, I was like, wow, you know, what happened? <laughs> uh, Pre-kids, pre-kids. COVID, pre COVID happened. <laughs> no, it wasn't COVID. It's called oh. two kids later. <laughs> uh, but, you know, think about that connectivity. And I think if you offer that, then we're all on board. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I know that I had told you guys this was only going to be an hour, and I'm sure you have um, things that you would like to do as well in this evening. For some of us, it's a little bit later. I cannot thank you guys enough for the information that you have shared. It is literally gold for anyone tuning in. You have no idea this, like how important this information is. I have like so many notes here. I can't even express them. <laughs> My notepad is being used very well. Um, so again, thank you all for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to be in touch with you guys at some point again. And we hope that your virtual events, you know, just start exploding. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Catalina. Thank Thanks, everybody out there. Best of luck, guys. Listening to this even a second time has given me more ideas. In every situation, there's an opportunity, but you have to act on it. Don't try to be perfect and don't procrastinate. Take the information you learned today and apply it now. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Photo Booth Podcast and you want more content like this, please consider subscribing. And similar to how we always want our clients to leave us reviews, I'd really love it if you could do the same. Don't forget that sharing is caring. So if you know someone who could benefit from hearing this, please pass it along and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you.